Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. be looking this morning in Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. So you can open up your Bibles there. And so we're going to be looking at this morning is at the helmet of salvation. And so the Bible teaches us that the saints of God are engaged in a great spiritual conflict against powerful, amen, and relentless enemy. The Bible says that they're principalities, and then of the air, they're a lot of times unseen. But uh, this morning, amen, God reveals them to us through the power of His Word and the power of His Spirit. And we are engaged in a spiritual warfare, amen. I've been um, serving God 15 years now, and uh, just seeing so many things happen in my walk with God, and it's it's apparent, amen, that we are in a spiritual warfare, amen. That there, amen, is an enemy and he's after our soul. Even after we've been saved and in the house of God and in our right minds, he still wants us. But I must say that there's a, a, a bigger, amen, and more powerful God that you and I serve. And he would keep us to the end if we would believe that, if we would continue to believe that, and we would continue to trust in him. And so this morning, I want to take a look at the helmet of salvations. Let, salvation, let's read this morning. Ephesians six thirteen through 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having should your feet, and having put on the readiness uh, given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So I want to highlight this morning what the scripture says in 17. It says, keep alert, amen. And it says that we should uh, persevere. Let's pray this morning. God, we pray this morning. For the power of your Holy Spirit in this place, Lord God. For the power of your word to be revealed, Lord God, to your people's heart. Help us, Lord God, serve you for the long run, Lord God. Let us understand, Lord God, that we we should be, amen, Lord God, um, dressed with your armor, Lord God, that would help us, Lord God, until the end, Lord God. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. And so this morning I want to take a look at the helmet of salvation. And so this helmet was worn by ancient soldiers. And so this was up of the utmost importance. And so this helmet was either made of thick leather covered by plates of metal or was made of a solid piece of metal. 
And so it was beaten into the shape of a man's head. So most ancient helmets had a metal extension that covered the cheeks. And so this extension, amen, were designed to protect the face of the soldier. And so the purpose of this helmet is obvious. It was designed to protect the head. And so in ancient times, many armies, amen, employed a cavalry. And so these soldiers were mounted on horseback, and most of them carried a, a broad sword. And so this was a sword different from the shortened swords. Amen. The broadsword was a two-edged hand sword. Amen. That was actually between three or four feet in length. And it had a double-edged blade. And so this sword was swung by a mounted soldier in effort to either split the skull of the enemy or decapitate him. And so the helmet helped to deflect the blow of the broadsword and thus it protected the foot soldier from from injury. I want to take a look this morning at the devil's tools. And so it was advertised that the devil was putting up for sale, amen, all of his tools. And so on the date of the tool sale, amen, all the tools were laid out. And so they had prices marked on them for public inspection. And so there was a lot of tre treacherous instruments Amen. Hatred, envy, jealousy, deceit, pride, lying, and so on. And so laid apart from the rest of them, amen, the devil's tools uh, was one special one. It was worn more than the others, and it had a very high price. And so, and so what's the name of the tool, asked one of the customers. And so the devil replied, Amen. It is discouragement. It says, why, amen, have you priced it so high? Because discouragement is the most powerful, amen, than all the others. I can pry open and get inside a man's heart. With that, I cannot get, amen. With other tools, I cannot get near him. It's badly warm because I use it the most, amen, on everyone, since so few people know that it belongs to me. And so I want to take a look, amen, this morning at our text, at the spiritual helmet of salvation. And so we are to wear this spiritual helmet of salvation. And so this indicates that Satan blows, amen, are aimed at our mind. And so it is intent is to destroy our sense of security and our assurance in Jesus Christ. And so if the devil can strike a blow against us, it causes us to be discouraged and filled with doubt. He will have little trouble in sidelining us, amen, and taking us out of the battle. And so like the ancient broadsword, amen, the sword wielded by our enemy, the devil, is a two-edged sword. And so one of those edges is discouragement, and the other one is doubt. And so this helmet, amen, protects us against discouragement. When we are adorned, amen, when we put on this helmet of salvation, amen, it will help you and I. And so if we are not properly protected, the devil will use this sword of discouragement to defeat us in our walk with God. Amen. He will cause us to look at our sins. He will cause us to look at our failures. He will cause us to look at our problems in our lives. Our health issues, 
or the negative situations that you and I face. And so when he gets our attention off the Lord and on the negative issues we face in life, he knows, amen, we will begin to doubt the Heavenly Father that loves and cares for us. And so this has the effect of causing us to be discouraged. Even those, amen, who have been in the battle a long time and have enjoyed much spiritual success can find themselves as victims of discouragement and disillusionment. Consider, amen, this morning, the prophet Elijah. Not many people have enjoyed the success that this man had in his ministry. He had victories, amen, after victories. He's praying down fire, amen, from heaven. And so 450 prophets of Baal are slain. And so after three and a half years of outrunning the chariot of King Ahab on Mount Caramel, amen, this man, amen, falls into discouragement. The next day, there came a word from this woman Jezebel. She was angry at Elijah and said, So let the gods do to me and more so if I do not take your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And so Elijah hears this and he starts running for his life. He travels to Beersheba and throws himself under a shrub and prays to die. Think about it. He has a victory. And then from one chapter to the next, he's discouraged. He's ready to quit on God. He resigns, amen, from his office as a prophet. And so he goes out into, into, the, into the midst of nowhere. And so God shows up in the wilderness and, and he rebukes the prophet. And here's what God says in Kings 19.9. He says, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so what God is asking him is that what are you doing here? What is your position, Elijah, in life? Am I not your God? Amen. And you see Elijah in our scripture. You know, he's soaking. He's in a cave. He's hiding. He has forgotten, amen, of everything that God has done for him. He has forgotten about the fire. He has forgotten about his past victories. And so Elijah's re reply indicates the state of his heart. In 1 Kings 19.10, he says, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and have killed the prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And so in his mind, he's thinking that he's the only one left. In his mind, he's thinking that he's the only one out there fighting this spiritual battle. But he's not. And God reassures Elijah in a still small voice that there are 7,000 in Israel, amen, that remain, that are faithful, amen, and that have not bowed their knee to Baal. And so Elijah learned the truth that spiritual victory does not insulate us against discouragement. Someone said that Satan has many tools, but that discouragement is the handle that fits them all. 
And so there is much truth, amen, in that. I don't think there's a person in this place, amen, that hasn't been discouraged. Amen. Before you got saved or maybe in your walk with God, I've, I've had discouragement in my life. You've may be, you uh, may have been saved for several years, but if the devil can get, amen, discouragement in your walk with the Lord, he can get you out of the battle. If he can f- focus, amen, get you to focus on your problems, your failures in life, and on, amen, the shortcomings of others, or any negativity at all, he can overwhelm you, amen, and cause your defenses to fall, amen. And so this morning, how many of us know that all of us, amen, have problems in life? All of us have shortcomings. A lot of times we fail, amen, we fail God, we fail our family, We fail those that we know, amen. And these can be discouraging times in our lives. But I want to say this morning that God is much mightier than our failures. Amen. God is much mightier than our shortcomings. We don't think about it a lot of times, but it is true, amen. When we allow problems, pain, people, and other situations to make us discouraged to the point where we quit on God, the devil has won the battle. And so for a period of time, he has caused us to doubt the goodness and grace of God. People, you know, things happen to them, you know, and they they point their finger at God. God, why did you let this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? And so regardless of the reason we name, when we allow Satan to discourage us to the point where we stop serving God, We are in that moment looking, amen, at God and telling Him in His face that we don't believe that He is bigger, amen, than our situation. That might sound far-fetched. We might not say it to people, but how many of us know that a lot of times we say it in our hearts or we think it in our mind? The book of Job reveals a precious, amen, reveals a precious saint of God whose helmet was placed on his head. And so Satan unleashes the fury from hell against Job. And Job still refuses to doubt the goodness of God. And so Job didn't understand why his children had to die, why his health was taken away, why everything he had worked for in his life, amen, was lost. Why he had pain, amen, in his life. Why he had problem after problem in his life. But I want to say that Job continued to trust in God. And this is what Job says in 1315. He says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation that the godless shall not come before him. I want to say that Job's friends were not a help to him. They were nothing, amen, but a discouragement to him. They told him, amen, that it must be because he had sinned against God, that God was inflicting this upon him. And so Job, amen, scolds his critics. 
They have not said anything new. He wanted to plead his case with God. Not with these uh, forgers of lies and worthless physicians. If they kept silent, people would think they were wise. Their explanation of God's actions were not true. They would, n they would be accountable to him for, for it. Their arguments were weak and useless. They would if they would just be quiet, Job would plead his case before God and commit his life to him. He is confident God would vindicate him. Amen. And if God did not vindicate him, amen, Job was still willing to trust in the Lord. And so Job had his helmet, amen, of salvation on. Every blow of the enemy protected his fragile spirit from injury. How many of us know that when you and I are going through it, we're in a place of vulnerability? And in our story here, amen, Job, amen, is going through it. He was at a point of vulnerability, and it's amazing how his friends, amen, at this point of vulnerability come, amen, and say these things to him. That he must not be right with God. And that's how Satan works a lot of times. Another man who wore the helmet of salvation, amen, to a great benefit was the prophet Jeremiah. When the Lord called Jeremiah, the Lord told him, told him that he would be rejected. God told him this before he called him. He would be persecuted and attacked. Yet Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words were a joy to me and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And so Jeremiah here is content, amen, with doing God's will. Jeremiah here in our scripture is content with God speaking to him and using his life to bring, a, to bring reform, amen, to the nation of God. That's what Jeremiah did when he would go before the kings, when he would go before the people, and they would continuously reject the prophet Jeremiah. He was known as the weeping prophet because, amen, of the heartache, amen, God's people caused against his life. But Jeremiah knew this, but he was, amen, he stood fast, amen, in, in, uh, in, in times of trouble. And so be sure that the helmet, amen, of salvation that you have is in place. And you need to refuse, amen, to allow Satan to focus your attention on the events of life and the actions of other people. And so it is hard not to be discouraged when it seems like everything in life is against you. It is easy to be discouraged when the answer to your prayers are delayed. It is easy to be discouraged when your preaching, your teaching, your witness, amen, seems to be ineffective. And so discouragement is our default setting most of the time. And so Satan knows this and he's willing to exploit this. He is willing to exploit this weakness in our lives. Even when we are discouraged, amen, by the events of life, we must never forget that our Father always has our situation 
willed in hand. And I want to say that God can be trusted. There's times in my own life that I didn't know, amen, what was going on. And I just simply said, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to try to bear through this. And God came through every time. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not lose heart and relax our courage and faint. Hallelujah. So these are God's promises. How many of us know that God never promised or Jesus never said that our life was going to be perfect? But he said that he was going to be there in the midst. And I want to take a look, amen, at the helmet that protects against doubt. And so the other edge of Satan's broadsword is doubt. And so when we come to doubt, amen, our salvation, or when we come to doubt the word of God, we are easily defeated, amen, by the devil. When we doubt our salvation, we will be discouraged. When we come to doubt, amen, God's faithfulness, we will be easily be discouraged also. When we come to doubt God's word, we have the very foundations for our hope in the Lord undermined it, and we have no ground, amen, to which to stand upon. And so if Satan can convince you that you are not really saved, or somehow that you have lost your salvation, Amen. Your spiritual life will be devastated. And so such doubt paralyzes the believer and makes them unproductive and miserable. And so nothing more quickly sidelines the child of God than having their peace, their security in Jesus stripped away. And so when we forget this truth, we are easily we are easy prey for the enemy. And so Satan has an easy time defeating and a believer who has lost the assurance of his salvation in Jesus. And so if Satan has been beating you with the sword, let me remind you this morning that God, amen, that you can be secure in Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6 says, For I am convinced and sure that this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfect and bringing it to full completion in you. And so when Paul, amen, is speaking in the book of Ephesians to take up the helmet of salvation, he is not referring to us being saved. He is, amen, speaking of people who are already saved. What he means, amen, is that we are to stand in full assurance of our salvation that we possess through Jesus Christ. And so we are to hold to that truth, amen, if you and I are saved. And so the Lord has redeemed us, amen. He has promised everlasting life. The knowledge, that knowledge will allow us to deflect, amen, the devil when he tries to attack us. How many of us sometimes we, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, am I saved? How many of us has been there? You know, we, we know we're doing things for God. We know we're reading our Bibles. We know we're praying. But sometimes we just say to ourselves, are, are we saved? Sometimes we don't feel saved. 
We don't feel the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't feel the power. When we have to go to the daily grind, how many of us know we're like, well, God, you know, I don't want to go to work today. I don't feel very spiritual this morning, especially on Monday mornings, huh? And sometimes we, we don't feel like we're saved. But we need to know, amen, that we have an assurance in Christ. We need to stand our ground, amen, in the Lord, knowing that we belong to Him. He, brought, he bought us with His precious blood. We are His. The Bible says that He will not abandon, abandon us. Amen. He has given us power, amen, when the attacks come against us. He will keep us, amen, through life's battle. Man, but we need to be sure that you and I are saved. Be sure, amen, you have had more than just a church membership or a vague religious experience. Be sure, amen, that you are trusting nothing in Jesus but for salvation. Be sure that you are resting, amen, on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be sure that you're born again. Be sure that you're believing the gospel. Don't take what you think, amen, for granted. Don't just assume that you're saved because you have checked some things off your list. And so there are several things we need to examine to be sure that we stand with the Lord. Look at your life, amen. How are you living your life? Look at your priorities. Amen. Look at what you love in life. Look at what you do. Look at what you're living for. Are you living for God? Look at who you're trusting for salvation. Look back carefully and examine, amen, your salvation experience. Was there a transformation in your life? What happened in the moment you were saved? Were you trusting, are you trusting God, amen, as in the moment that you were saved? Was there, was there an awareness that you were lost? That you were in a sinful condition? In other words, was there a conviction of sin in your life? Were you compelled to come to look to Jesus, amen, for salvation? Was there a moment when you looked at Him by faith, and instantly you saw the truth of the gospel. And was there a change in your life? I mean, I'm not trying this morning to get you to doubt your salvation. I'm simply trying to get you to examine your salvation experience. I want you to be sure that you're saved. A lot of people, you know, they answer an altar call. They feel remorseful, but, but a lot of times they don't change. They don't trust in Jesus Christ alone. There's no being born again. Amen. They haven't truly surrendered their life and their heart to Jesus Christ. And so this morning, amen, when things get shaky in our lives, amen, we, we have to, amen, trust in God. We have to put on this helmet of salvation Amen, upon us, amen, that, that would keep us until the end. And so, 
I want you to be able to stand when the enemy comes against you and seeks to make you doubt. And so I fear sometimes we blame our doubts on the devil when all the time it is the Lord who's trying to show us that we need to be born again. The Bible says that if you're not born, amen, of the Spirit of God, it's something supernatural that God does in your heart and in your life. Amen. Because it is God's Spirit that draws. Amen. Because it, we're, we're not saved by, by the flesh and blood of man. Amen. We're, we're saved, amen, by the flesh, by Jesus Christ's blood, amen, and, and the Spirit of God. You know, this morning, can I have every head bowed and every eye closed in respect to God and your neighbor? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.